0: Watch your lesson, God, listen, put your lesson, a want the catch protect the witness. They the protect the witness. They shit. a Shit. the shit. the crimes and the, passionate ones. the passion it and, and my chain from my chain the rainbow. In the range, none of these cows they remain literally just remain drawn by four hundred horses. That was powering the range. Towers up in flame <laughs> <laughs> chat power check for Matt. Mr. Udac Powder and Mr. Matt Lowell. Hashtag Mr. Me Too. for you Matt Rick Pillar. I suggest that you The whole of the giant, she was cold with compliance, was cold with That was poking, relying, we exposed the these tyrants. Composed to the science, we not posing on trying. Controlling the climate, we mold these environments. She decided just for clientless, clients touched with iron fists. Holding on, only where to catch these gems. She said, an open palm, equestrians are open palm, clothing on that poking wall. Rolling palms, colder of arms, or might be in, kicking doors, raising 44s, loading, oh, loading.
1: There you have it, yes, 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 family. Welcome, 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 welcome. Let me turn this camera on. Peace to the family, peace to you and yours. Greetings. Let me go ahead and let these people in to the, uh, give me one minute, y'all, give me one second. Let me fix this camera. Here we go. How's everyone doing tonight? Um, We're just letting the family come on in. We have the waiting room. uh, So we're just letting everybody come into the building so we could, uh, well, we're just gonna begin now. So, greetings. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight for being in the building as we do this uh, year in review. Um, I was on YouTube earlier and I was explaining, you know, the importance of doing a review, you know, just based off of the celestial aspect of where we're at, you know, um, as a people, we just had this moon cancer And it's been bringing a lot, it's been bringing out a lot of introspection. It's been bringing out a lot of, you know, looking within, you know, um, we're inside of what is known as the winter season, the same way that animals would hibernate. And I'm not calling us animals in that sense. What I'm calling us is divine beings who are in tune with nature. So, in the winter seasons is a time for reflection. It's a time for introspection. It's a time to look within, to analyze the things that have been going on throughout this fiscal year. Now keep in mind, I'm not one of the people who will go on record saying that January 1st is the beginning of the new year. Um, It's not necessarily beginning of the new year. What it is, And why it's being, you know, um, celebrated by Americans and everyone around the world is identified as the beginning of the fiscal year. Okay, so the beginning of the fiscal year is basically the when the books get reset for anybody that's in accounting and whatnot it's when the books get reset. Back in the days, not too long ago, when slavery was the order of the day, this would be known as a dreaded day on the plantation because this would be the day that many families were sold off. This would be the day that families were broken up. This would be the day when the uh, slave owners would settle their debts with other people that they owe either money to, or favors and things of that nature, this would be the day that you see depicted in the slave movies or slave depictions and whatnot, where families are broken up. Uh, Alexa, play color purple, right? There's been some very heartbreaking scenes that I'm sure we've all seen that even triggered a lot of PTSD and things of that nature when these were cringe-worthy moments when we were in the cinema and we saw families getting broken up on the plantation and sold off. You know, the mother gets separated from her children and stuff like that. Well, a lot of that took place on January 1st, okay? Because like I said, this is a fiscal year. This is the end of the fiscal year. And to take it a bit back further, January 1st, for all of my moors that are out there, Islam... To all of my moors out there, January 1st, 1492 is the day that we fell in Alhambra, okay? Uh, we lost the war to Christian Dome. We lost the war to Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand, and that began the um, our quote-unquote That was the beginning of our dark ages. That was the beginning of our fall. That was the beginning of what we know today as chattel slavery. You know, it was uh, post inquisitions. It also kicked off a crusades. It's what brought Christopher Columbus to Hispaniola and to the Americas. And it's what brought the conquistadors and it's what introduced and what ushered in the um, the uh, into Divina and other things of that nature. So, you know, I'm not really too big on the celebratory aspect of January 1st. You know, I'm not gonna be running around with the fucking uh, blowing the you know, the woohoo with the, with the light up glasses and everything, you know. Um, but what we're gonna do though is we're going to reflect we're going to take it back and we're going to go over some things that we all you know we've all witnessed them we've all gone through it you know um but we're going to do a little dive we're going to unpack some things just you know the way that we do it okay so I'm gonna wait for about 20 I'm gonna wait for about 20 of us to get in here there's a few more there's more people coming in um but I'm gonna wait for about I'm gonna wait till the numbers hit about 20 and then we'll start the presentation. Before we begin, I'm going to open up the floor for our participants, brothers and sisters in the audience to ask any questions. So uh, let's begin. Uh, I, will, I will ask us to be respectful of each other and do the whole one mic type of thing. You know, don't talk over each other, but um, you can unmute your mic. And uh, if you do have a question, you can unmute your mic and ask the question. You don't have to turn your camera on if you don't want to either. Any questions? And we will be doing Q and A when this is done as well. If you have any questions at the end. But I just want to, you know, I want to make sure that uh, we don't start this without ask, answering any questions that anybody may have. So if you do have a question, you could uh, unmute your microphone or you could turn your camera on and you'll be, uh, you'll be on the floor. You'll be front and center. All right. Hey y'all, what's up? I don't have a question. I was just saying what's up to everybody. All right. What's up, Korea? Everybody's so going? shy. They had my whole government on here. I had to leave and like <laughs> log in with a different device. Like if we get out of here. That's my <laughs> whole government. So I had yeah, to change do, do that. Yeah. Uh-uh. As a matter of fact, let's all say hello to each other. Y'all don't hey, be y'all. shy. Let's all say peace. Y'all could let me unmute everybody. Okay. And uh we could all just uh You know, matter of fact, we could unmute ourselves, yeah. Y'all shy, yeah, and we could all 'all fall asleep, (laughs) you know. I'm unmuted. Peace, 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 y'all. How's everybody doing? Yo, yo, hey, Peace, peace, family.
0: All
1: right, greetings, greetings. If we were in a physical setting, I would have everybody you know, turn around and greet each other. You know what I mean? Cause I, I definitely don't ever want the atmosphere to feel like I'm on a stage and I'm speaking over anybody. No, I'm talking, we're sitting down like in a circle. We're having a build, we're chopping it up. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is a this is a tribe. This is a, a classroom setting. So you know I want everybody to feel at home. Okay. So that's what it is, but let me get, let me jump right into this presentation. Like I said, my intentions is to get us out of here before that ball drops. So everybody could do what they have to do when they do it, you know what I mean? So uh, let's go ahead and start the presentation. Okay. So um, I'm not sure if everybody heard the news today but um, another giant, another another pillar in the community, in the hip-hop community, uh, it was announced that this brother has joined the ancestor realm. The brother goes by the name of MF Doom, you know what I'm saying? One of the iconic, uh, you know, fathers of a lot of things, you know, he inspired so many people. Um, this out there a lot of the uh, a lot of rappers a lot some of your some of our favorite rappers you know um, he's one of the first he's one of the first archetypes for the rapper who produced their own stuff like Jay Dilla was you know MF Doom uh, he's, a, he's, he's one of the super villains um, the brothers known real briefly uh, he was in the group called KMD. Back in the days, they had a song called Peach Fuzz for all of my hip hop enthusiasts. And a brother lost his twin brother in a car accident. You know, he had a twin brother that was also part of the group. And he lost his brother, unfortunately. And when he resurfaced as an artist, he had a mask on. And that's who he's been ever since, you know, MF Doom and um you know the brothers music got a little more darker uh he was known that he's called it, he was a self anointed super villain just like uh the D- doom was in the fantastic four comic book in the marvel universe you know But when you listen to the lyrics it wasn't no real dark shit you know what i mean it was just basically him as the anti hero um But, you know, he was crying out. That was his form of mourning. Um, He was very elusive, very mysterious. You know, nobody really never saw his face after that. And then I just say the the irony in the whole thing, how, how ironic, you know, that we're going through this year, we're gonna talk about the mask, you know, if, Time, if the Time Magazine had to put a person of the year, I would say it would be the N95 mask. You know what I mean? It would be this shit right here because more so than the COVID-19, you know, the COVID-19 was the catalyst, but this defined the world in 2020 because we all didn't have the COVID-19. Everybody did not succumb To the COVID 19. We did not get the disease. We didn't get the vaccine, but we got the mask. One thing that we all got, one thing that we all know that, you know, we got that lockdown, but we got the mask. You feel me? We were walking around on some MF Doom shit in 2020. You know, and what it did is it kind of like put everybody underneath a one world type of order, you know? Because prior to that, people were existing in their own personal space, doing whatever they do to get them wherever they gotta go. But it wasn't, nobody had anything. It wasn't like everybody had to wear an American flag. It wasn't like everybody had to wear a... on their shirt it wasn't like everybody had to wear anything that would identify you as a citizen right now look at this on a global scale this shit went past jurisdictions and borders and whatnot this was a global thing it took place in asia well not all over but in places it it was in israel it was in london it was in china turkey afghanistan africa America, South, Central, North, and the island. And um, based off of the mandates that the government was putting out, they were basically saying that um, if you don't wear a mask, then you're not one of us. You know, especially where they had it mandated, where it wasn't, you know, cause there's no real laws on the book that's telling you, what you that you have to wear something, but it was a mandate. It was something, it was the colorful law that they put out and said, look, you got to put this mask on to protect yourself, which doesn't really make too much sense. You know what I mean? I don't understand how that's protecting anybody. But in a few months, in a matter of time, in a few months, the whole world was transformed with this mask. And what the mask ultimately said was that there was a level of fear, right? That people had because you know, if you didn't wear it, you were like, I don't have any fear. So the opposite of that is that if you did wear it, you were showing in so many ways that you were willing to go along with the mandates that the government or the state-sponsored government or whoever, whoever it was, whatever authority figures that were out there that were mandating that you cover up, that's what it was saying. You were saying to yourself, You know, I'm just going to go I'm going along with the motherfucking plan And I'm guilty of it too I did the same thing when I got on airplanes I went ahead and just did what They said put the mask on Put the mask on In order to go to the store to get something to eat They was like you can't come in here without a mask I said you sure about that They said yeah I did it a few times But then after a while I found myself conforming And I threw the mask on The minute I come out the store I take it off you know? So, you know, it, it was just interesting. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and show how even that aspect of the mask was forecasted in some of the predictive programming through some of the TV shows that many of us was watching prior to this whole lockdown. Okay. So hold on, let me do something. Give me one minute. this is just a little meme that i saw i figured this was real funny r.i.p 2020 bill cosby still in jail r kelly admitted shit we already knew the hood is still watching fire sticks and selling dinners since club cable bills are high and kitty sales were low as 40 dollars everyone all of a sudden learned to do credit repair Passes is cursing and eating kitty, and churches now accept cash app. Females are marrying bisexual men and acting as if she's not aware, because bi- she's bisexual too. People still killing each other, and the police still can't solve the murder. McDonald's ice cream machine is still down. Y'all forgot resolutions was to grow your edges and lose weight. Men with no cars still got every pair of Jordans. People still screaming, sorry for your loss. It's loss. MFs had gender reveal parties, but can't reveal the baby's daddy. People still don't know the difference between there, there, or there, and won't or won't. Megan Thee Stallion is showing thoughts how to follow their dreams. McConnell won't pass the 2000 mark, and there's still people in bike clubs that don't own the motorcycles. But y'all, it's been a lit year. <laughs> as funny as that may be, is a little bit, you know what I'm saying, there's truth in that. One of the most shocking and, you know, um, in a sense debilitating stories that started out the calendar year, of course, for those of us, especially people such as myself, who grew up, you know, with this young man, uh, he felt like he was kin to us, you know what I'm saying? Because we watched him grow, we watched him mature. We watched him go through his fall. We watched him win championships. We watched him retire. We watched him become a father. We watched him, uh, his name get slandered and we watched the philanthropy and then many things that he did both through community service and through the service of others to clean his name up. And then we saw and we witnessed this man and his daughter die in a horrific plane crash a helicopter crash you know um there's a lot of theories behind what happened and why it happened I'm not necessarily gonna dive all the way into that because you know I don't have all of the facts you feel what I'm saying and I feel that hold on give me one minute I don't have all of the facts when it comes to my good brother and what actually happened to him versus what didn't happen to him. So at this point, we're just gonna speak about the man's impact and what he meant to uh, young black men and black women and other people of other races. Keep in mind that this man is like a God in China. He's, he's, he's looked, He's you know, they look up to this man, they honor him, they honor his craft they honor his intellect. Uh, you know, he wasn't a dumb, you know, he wasn't one of these uh, intellectually challenged young men. This man was very well written, well, very well spoken. Um, and he was also into uh, a lot of philanthropy and things of that nature. There's his daughter, Gigi, of course, we all, you know, are familiar with that. Okay. So just the other day, right? Just the other day, there was a report that came out that revealed that the brother was attempting to leave Nike and he wanted to start his own shoe brand, okay? Prior to his death. So we know that if that were to even take place, Not only would it send ripples through the industry or the shoe industry, but it would begin to encourage other athletes, such as a LeBron James and other athletes who are worth their weight in gold, who are basically signed to these contracts. Uh, I believe LeBron has a lifetime contract with Nike. The new prospects that are coming in the league, you know, they would be... Enticed to weigh their options between either Nike, you know, uh, what's the one, Under Armour, or the other brands like Reebok, who I've been told Master P and Byron, uh, what's his name, Byron Davis, are attempting to purchase and whatnot. So the brother, somebody put out a, a tweet on December 29th, he said he met with Kobe Bryant in late December 2019. Kobe wasn't happy with Nike. He was gonna leave it in 2020. Kobe was gonna start Mamba, a shoe company owned by players. He passed away weeks later. What he was about to do in business was going to eclipse his sports career. These were the designs his team did to show him that day for an independent Mamba shoe company. Here's calendar details. There were witnesses to the meeting and Kobe's plans like Gina Ford who who manages Usain Bolt, right? So I don't know what that's about, it's a brand new story, but I promise you I will be on top of that to do my research because to be honest with you, You can't trust and you can't put anything past anybody at the end of the day. Look at the implications on the amount of money that Nike would have lost. You know what I'm saying? Not just through Kobe, but like I said, the influence that Kobe had over other players. You know, one of the things that we know that they don't want us as a people to do, they do not want us to be uh, in control of our, not just our business affairs, they don't want us to be in control of our brands. They don't want us to be in control of our quote unquote finances. They don't want us to be in control of our likeness. They do not want control, ownership and control is almost like garlic to them, okay? And another thing that stood out to me when I was researching the brother's untimely demise is that he was a, he was on the way, he was in the process of writing a children's book with the author of the book, The Alchemist. How many people, I'm sure people are familiar with The Alchemist, all right? A very uh, highly, um, you know, uh, this book has been read by many, many, many people and it's highly recommended throughout both the community and in other communities and whatnot but it it, it stood out to me as very odd that an author would delete the book after the death of the quote-unquote co-author I never really not even in Kobe's case but I've never really heard some shit like that happening you would think that the author would hold on to the book. You would think that the author would contact his estate. You would think that the author would attempt to finish the book because once again, and he's not African, so I'm just saying that in African culture, it's said that the way that you edify a man is that in, in in their untimely demise, the way that you edify a man or a woman in their death is to continue their works or their unfinished works and to make sure that their names will never go unspoken meaning that you speak their names you continue to speak their names henceforth why statues monuments are built in the names of the great ones streets and avenues and boulevards and whatnot are named after certain people buildings wings of hospitals The philanthropists come along and they put their names on the wings of hospitals and libraries and whatnot. The presidential library, all of these things are in alignment with the same, um, you know, with the same edict that the name lives on forever. You continue the name, you continue the legacy. So I'm like, why would this dude be deleting a book? What was in that book? What was, what were they writing about? What was Kobe trying to say to the children? They would make this dude delete the book so i find that very suspect but once again you know i'm gonna be doing more research uh into it um to see what comes out of it but the brothers untimely demise you know it just really doesn't sit with me you know i know that there were weather conditions that brought the plane that brought the helicopter down they were circling around and whatnot but you know, it's still mm, shit. Just don't happen like that, you know. What I mean, it, there's no coincidence. It just don't happen like that, you know. I really don't. You know, spirit tells me that it wasn't just an accident. It's something that needs to be looked into. So, rise in power to the God, to the uh one of the kings of the West, Kobe Bryant. You know, um, and salute to his daughter. Now, another case that reverberated with millions and millions of people around the world was our dear sister Breonna Taylor and her murder at the hands of the Kentucky police. Now, this was a unique case. Why? This was one of the cases that this sister was made famous through social media, okay? She would be considered what is known, she's part of what is known as the hashtag movement. And um, the hashtag movement uh, was born out of the Trayvon Martin lynching. I call it a lynching where brothers and sisters who have met their untimely demise are put into the public's eyes through hashtags, through social media campaigns and whatnot. Um, Breonna Taylor was one. And there was a thin line between the commercialization of her death and, you know, the sincerity of people trying to get their point across. That's just my humble opinion, you know, um, rising power to her and her family. I believe that they gave her family a settlement, all right, her family was that they cashed her family out with a settlement. We know that when they do those settlements, they have a clause in the settlement where you basically cannot speak. There's almost like a gag order and you can't, um, there's also a clause to where you can't pursue more type of legal ramifications and whatnot. Uh, I believe that they fired the police officers, two of the police officers yesterday or today Last time that I checked, you know, I shaded that. Hopefully, something could be done to those people now that they're citizens and whatnot. But this was very tragic. This was the beginning of a cycle that began to tug on the hearts and the minds of the people. Keep in mind, prior to the Breonna Taylor situation because the Breonna Taylor preceded the George Floyd situation, right? Prior to the Breonna Taylor situation, our people, the people were battling COVID. Uh, The people were on lockdown, right? People were battling COVID. They were on lockdown. They were not focusing in in the year 2020. We're talking about the calendar year of 2020. The focus was not on police brutality. The focus was not on police killing us. The focus was not on the unjust justice system, right? Even though there were situations, as you can see in her silhouette, there's hundreds of names that are unknown, right? My question is, why are those names not part of the hashtag movement? How it, How is it, how this... How are those names not known to us? Right? Because there's hundreds of people that die a month in our communities. We don't know these names, right? We don't know. And some of the stories, they're they're more heinous, more heinous than the stories that we choose to cherry pick and get behind. Why don't we know these names? Why aren't these names, you know, household names, you know? Is it traction? Is it because they're not trending? You know what I'm saying? Is it because the people are not getting behind it? I would really like to know that. But what I did notice, like I said, is the Brianna Taylor story touched a lot of people. It was a very sad situation. And that was the catalyst that began the catalyst to a very red summer, to a very cold summer, to a very hot summer where there was a lot of fires, a lot of uprisings, a lot of protesting, a lot of marching, a lot of picketing, a lot of emotions, a lot of back and forth. The reintroduction uh, of Black Lives Matter, like, you know, people forgot who they were. You know what I mean? I know people that was acting like they just heard about Black Lives Matter this summer. I'm like, nigga, where have you been? What are you talking about? is the same Black Lives Matter from 2013 with Mike Brown, you know? But it seems that every single time, right? And keep in mind, the Breonna Taylor thing wasn't necessarily a Black Lives Matter thing. This was more of an internet thing. This was more of an online, people online picked up the Breonna Taylor thing and pushed it. George Floyd is the reintroduction in the rebranding of Black Lives Matter. Let's be clear, okay? Black Lives Matter did not put their machine all the way behind the Breonna Taylor um, situation. This was more of the grassroots organizations forming Voltron, coming together, the young man who was even behind her movement was murdered in Louisville, Kentucky. I I forgot the brother's name, I apologize. He got murdered a few months ago, right? He's not Black Lives Matter though, okay? It's when we come to our good brother, right? This Black man, because what I've noticed is that Black Lives Matter they have perfected getting behind dead black men or standing on top of dead black men right and utilizing these dead black men's per their their, their murders or their lynchings for political purposes for fundraising purposes right to eclipse the actual person and begin to take the credit or begin to take the spotlight more than the actual person who they're claiming to defend or they're claiming to, you know, represent. Because at the end of the day, what are they representing? They're raising awareness. Okay, you're raising awareness for what exactly? Because last time I checked, when a man, when a brother George Floyd was murdered, when I, when I went into the um, Google keyword search and when I read it, when I went and read the stats on how many people were keynoting, were keywording, meaning how many people were searching his name and how many people were even watching the video in which he was being snuffed, when his life was being snuffed out, there was already enough people who were familiar with who George Floyd was. So you didn't have to, they didn't have to necessarily come around to raise awareness. The, re- the awareness that this man got lynched on film was already raised. Okay. So on Memorial Weekend, May 25th, George Floyd, a 46 year old black man, was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota, while being arrested for allegedly using a counterfeit bill. During the arrest, Derek Chavon, a white police officer with the Minneapolis Police Department knelt on Floyd's neck for about nine and a half minutes. I believe it's eight minutes and twenty-six seconds after he was handcuffed and laying down. Da 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 da, you know. Um, and I know that there's people that say that the video wasn't real, and George Floyd is in a bunker somewhere enjoying life, and this was all George Soros. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, I need to see some receipts first and foremost. And second of all, whatever ritual or whatever that was, it worked. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what it, whatever it was, it was a, it was a, it was a lynching or what appeared to be a lynching. And it basically set the people off going into the beginning of the, uh, going right through that window of the beginning of the summer or the spring for that that matter, it ignited something in America, Black America, more exclusively. They got people out the house in the thousands upon thousands upon thousands. There was a lot of marching. There was a lot of aggression. There was a lot of fires that were set there was a lot of smoke there was a lot of anger there was a lot of emoting there was a lot of looting right and there was a lot of demands they began pulling statues down they began beheading statues all kind of shit was taking place they said that these marches this summer was the largest demonstration in America had ever seen. Okay. It spread across color lines, tax brackets. It brought Black Lives Matter, they attributed and they accredited the the mass movements to Black Lives Matter. During the end of all of this, well, not really during the end, my bad, during the beginning of this shit, Black Lives Matter began to politicize everything that was taking place. And they began to shed light on a Democratic Party at a time when nobody was even talking about the Democratic Party. You know what I'm saying? The Democratic Party wasn't even being spoken of. The Democratic Party wasn't really even being thought of during that time. The Democratic Party was almost written off as to be, you know what? They not even they're gonna lose this one. This shit is over with. Uh, Donald Trump is definitely about to take the next four years because based off of the piss poor performance of Joe Biden in the debates and other um, showings and whatnot, that he was very unliked as an American politician and whatnot. And then before he even announced that he had a running mate, I don't I don't remember when Kamala came in the picture, too tough. But what I do know is even when he announced her, people was like, shit, that ain't going to work. But during these demonstrations, like I said, when you take dead Black people, right? And when you begin to politicize cadavers and whatnot, and you use the power of black rage, black anger, black angst, black fear, black sorrow, and then you politicize it and you're able to tap into that energy and redirect it, you could get a lot of things accomplished. I would ask everybody in the audience, what the hell got accomplished with all of this stuff that took place this summer, other than people working out their glutes, getting their calves together, you know what I mean? Hooking up with some people from other races, because it was, it was a big hookup party taking place, you know, for everybody that was out there twerking and hugging people and whatnot and acting like that they were, you know, that they're using their bodies as a, a olive branch, you know, because that's some of the things that take place with this sexual revolution that you see going on right now. People are using their private parts as an olive branch. You know, maybe if I give this person some box or maybe if I sleep with this woman, you know, we'll help race relations out. You know what I mean? One of the things that I can point to and one of the things that I could show you on paper that has taken place as a result of what we saw going down in Minneapolis is what is known as the Minneapolis effect. The Minneapolis effect is that in cities across the U.S., the shooting started when an anti-police, when an anti-police protest led officers to pull back. Now, I'm gonna say on record that I don't believe that the the, the spikes in the crime, the spikes in the murders, and the spikes in overall violence that took place in America during the summer leading up to where we're at right now. I'm not gonna attribute that to the police pulling back. You know what I mean? Bullshit. I'm not I'm not attributing that to that. No. Because based off of the research that I've done. It, it happened already, it happened with Mike Brown and Ferguson. When the police pulled out of there, the murders began to skyrocket. It happened in Baltimore after they had the Baltimore riots because of Freddie Gray. When the mayor came through and she arrested the police officers and the district attorney, they arrested the police officers and and, and the, the murders and the crime and everything skyrocketed out there. It happened in Chicago after Laquan McDonald. Although the crime was already up out there, the shit spiked out there. It happened in New York City. What was the situation in New York City? It wasn't. Um, it wasn't my dude. Um, I can't breathe. It was something else and whatnot. But as we know, I'm a you know crime in New York. Off the chain. Now, yes, the police did kind of scale back. They did kind of scale back over the summer after they were getting embarrassed and whatnot, and after they were getting, you know, they the citizens were basically revolting against them. But I would say that it's more psychological. It has a lot to do with fear. It has a lot to do with the fact that they've traumatized these communities. They've pushed these people against walls and whatnot. Then they militarized their police and whatnot. Whereas the people have a lot of pent up frustration, a lot of pent up anger. They don't have, they're not going to necessarily expose it on the police. They're not necessarily going to run around and take it out on the police. So, social engineers and whatnot, these people who've been studying us for so many years, they know that if you get these people riled up, If you charge these people up with all of this anger and this hate, they're going to misdirect it. And where are they going to misdirect it on? The perfect recipe, they're going to do it towards each other, especially when these social engineers know what the top 10 songs on the radio is playing, especially when they know that these are food deserts where these people are eating all of this food that's going to make them super duper lit. You know what I mean? And not rational in the things of that nature, especially when these people know that, you know, um, just, just the culture in and it of itself is a culture that is um, promoting death, promoting violence, promoting all of this anti, you know, this self-hate in a, in a, in a nutshell. So um, let me read this. Cities across the country suffered dramatic increases in homicide this summer. The spikes were remarkable, suddenly appearing and widespread, although often concentrated in disadvantaged neighborhoods. This year is on track to be the deadliest year for gun-related homicides since at least 1999. The homicide spikes began in late May. Before May 28th, Chicago had almost the same numbers of homicides as in 2019. Then on May 31st, 18 people were murdered in Chicago, the city's most violent day in six decades. Violence continued throughout the summer. July was Chicago's most violent month in 28 years. As of September 1st, murder is up 52% for the year, according to Chicago police. Chicago's shooting spike reflects what is happening in many major cities across the country. Researchers have identified a structural break in homicide numbers beginning in the last week of May. Trends for most other major crime categories have remained generally stable or moved slightly downward. What changed in late May, the anti-police protests that began across the country around May 27th appeared to have resulted in a decline in policing directed at gun violence, producing perhaps unsurprisingly an increase in shootings. The sequences of events are straightforward. George Floyd's death while in police custody in Minneapolis produced demonstrations against the police in major cities from coast to coast. As a result, officers of most cities had to be redeployed from their normal duties to help manage the protests. The idea that reductions in policing might be leading to more shootings has historical precedent. Heather McDonald proposed a Ferguson effect in May 2015 to explain homicide increases in the aftermath of anti-police protests following Mike Brown's death in Ferguson the previous year. Similarly, my research with Richard Foles identified declines in police street stops at the triggering event for the 2016 spike in Chicago, beginning in late 2015, pursuant to an agreement with the American Civil Liberties Union, Chicago police significantly reduced stopping first in the city, the result was a deadly homicide spike the following year, right? So this is called a Hegelian dialect, okay? The Hegelian dialect is when they come up with a problem and a solution. So with Joe Biden and Kamala the cop coming into office in uh, mid-January, or late January, they're definitely going to utilize um, this one-sided data, right? I'm not giving it complete. I'm not. I'm not giving it a complete push towards, you know, the trash bin, saying that it has no credibility. What I'm saying is, is that it's one-sided, right? It's one-sided. It's Hegelian. So what they're going to come and do, what they've already done with this "quote unquote," when you read the bill, the five thousand pages of the uh, COVID relief bill that they just signed that's going to give people six hundred dollar checks. There's all kind of new shit inside of, the, of that bill. Okay, there's all kind of new um, uh, uh, legislators, legislator legislation and whatnot, and they're going to ramp up and turn up a lot of the policing in these black hoods or these black neighborhoods and whatnot. And I'm here to say that I don't feel like what they're going to do is gonna help, it's gonna hurt more than it's gonna help, okay? A lot of the situations that we see going on, it should be addressed from another perspective other than more police, more aggression, militarized police assault rifles and all of that uh categorizing certain people as homeland terrorists all of that shit. because i promise you they're going to use that broad ass brush to paint a lot of people who are not homeland terrorists who are not extremists and things of that nature and they're going to use it like they use the crime bill to break up and to uh dismantle and to further disenfranchise black people People and I don't like people of color. I don't know what I don't even know what black people is, to be honest with you. Niggas, Negroes, Blacks, African Americans, Moors, Aboriginals. You name it. I mean, give it a name, and and that's some of the people that they may target. That no, not that they may, that's some of the people that they will be targeting, especially crazy ass Joe Biden. Okay. This is just some charts showing the increases in crime and whatnot. You know, um, I feel like a lot of this shit is contrived. You know, I feel like a lot of this has to do with budgets. I feel like a lot of this has to do with, you know, it is if you watch the wire, it's more political, it's more political than we even know. Okay. It's more political. Now, just to show how the Minneapolis effect just Yesterday, December 31st, today, matter of fact, there was a man killed in Minneapolis and they're starting another protest. I was told that this man is Somalian, okay? I was told that this is a Somalian native and whatnot. As you know, they have a huge Somalian community. One of the things that I did not see though, when uh, George Floyd was murdered, I didn't see the Congresswoman, What, what is her name? She's from Somalia. She's down with AOC. I didn't really see her during that whole fiasco. I didn't see her on the front lines. I didn't hear from her and she didn't say anything. I didn't hear no sound bites from her. She was not front and center defending uh, George Floyd. She wasn't there when the protesters were kicking off. I really didn't hear from her, but I promise you if this man is Somalian, you will hear her, you will see her and she will have something to say. So I'm just keeping an eye on Minneapolis and whatnot because, you know, it's something fresh going on out there. You know, the Minneapolis effect is still in effect. Now, we talked about Bitcoin on Edge Media, on Edge Radio, I'm sorry, in 2013, 2014, 2016, 2017, 2019 and I spoke about it again in 2020. We've interviewed numerous people, Chicago Crypto Bully, Hakeem Bay, our good brothers D Miller L from the Blexit um, campaign. We've interviewed uh, the Mooney twins. We've spoken to multiple people throughout the years and we've, when Bitcoin was damn near under a thousand dollars, we were like, yo, this is the future this should be paid attention to, right? Even in this community where a lot of people were just working, waiting on the world to end, and they were not thinking about bitcoins, and they were not really promoting what it is that we were trying to promote. They didn't get behind us, you know. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't want airtime to be wasted talking about cryptocurrency back in the days. Whereas, if the community were to invest, if we were to, if we were collectively investing our monies into cryptocurrencies, you know, for those of us that talk about the dead presidents, and how much we don't like the slave masters and whatnot. Well, shit, um, I don't see no slave masters on Bitcoins. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't see nobody's, I don't see no dead presidents faces on the cryptocurrency, even to the point where there's a sister by the name of Aquarius Maximus. She got her own damn coin called a guac coin. You know, you don't have to deal with victimhood consciousness when it comes to cryptocurrency because you know that shit is uh, that it was a Japanese man that was behind that. It's 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 a new horizon. So you would think, you would think, even people who are out there raising money and whatnot, you would think that they would put their money while it's being raised and sitting there into crypto. <laughs> I'm an advocate for dumping the fiat. I'm an advocate for not putting too much power and too much of our future and too much um, uh, confidence in fiat money. You know, if anybody knows me, I'm not really about fiat money. I'm not money hungry. I'm not money crazy. I don't be on the money phone. I'm not a fiat type of person. Because the shit is not real. It's the inanimate object, first and foremost. It's a currency, of course, you need it to survive. You need it to thrive and things of that nature. But, you know, I think relationships are a little more um, sustainable than fiat, you know? I think that's what, I think if you focus on that and resources at the end of the day, that's a little more sustainable. So we've been rallying, we've been cheerleading, we've been campaigning, and now we're at a point where Bitcoin is about to hit 30,000 if it didn't hit it today or tonight. It's on its way to hit 30,000. Bitcoin is the champion, it's the, person, it's, the, it's, it's the person of the year, okay? It's the winner of the year, okay? If you really look at it, talk to a person that's sitting on 30 coins. Talk to a person sitting on a hundred coins. Talk to a person sitting on one coin. And and their conversation is gonna be different from somebody who was like, yo, I should have put some money on that shit. Damn, I should have had bought, I shoulda, woulda, coulda. This shit is booming. You could cash in one of your coins right now and, 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 and you know, buy some land. You could cash in on one of your coins right now and get the fuck up out of Dodge so you don't have to, have to get mandatory vaccinated by crazy ass Sleepy Joe and Kamala the cop. You could cash in a coin and buy a whole bunch of other coins that cost a penny and under, not Ripple though. And, you know, set yourself up because one of the things with cryptocurrency, you could pass that on to your loved ones, if you were to make an untimely demise. You know, there's people, I know somebody that's sitting and doing time right now, right? The brother got seven years. He's doing time right now. But before he went in, he was collecting big coins because of what he was into. He took that seven years and was like, I don't care, I'm a chill, I, I, I got assets. So as the brother sits in jail, his Bitcoins are going through the goddamn roof. As long as he holds on to his wallet, he's coming home to a fortune, okay? coming home to a fortune. So, Bitcoin is booming. COVID had a lot to do with that. Now that they passed this trillion dollar COVID relief, you could bet your bottom dollar inflation is on its way. And a dollar, for anybody that's in the Forex game, you see that the shit is nose-diving, okay? Everything is going cashless. Stores don't even want to handle your money no more. Cash App is taking Bitcoin. Apple is about to take Bitcoin. So PayPal is taking Bitcoin. So you already see where it's going. It's, it's not going and it's not going in the direction where the US dollar is favored anymore like that, okay? Blockchain technology is stepping up. Blockchain technology is evolving. Blockchain, Blockchain technology is here to stay smart contracts. All of that shit is the order of the day, okay? We talked about it, we're gonna talk about it more Going into 21, we're going to be doing for the stream chasers out there and for my brothers who are and, and the people who sign up to Epic Trading with the Forex, everybody that's down with the team, you're going to see how this thing is going to be working for you even more. New wealth is being created, fortunes are being created. We're going to have our brother Chicago Crypto Bully. He's going to be talking about it more. We're going to be bringing other experts on board so we could speak solutions to the audience who are willing to listen and do something with the information i'm not a i'm not a broker i'm not licensed to tell you what to do i'm only here as a teacher and a researcher giving you the information the way that i have received it okay so that's my disclaimer but you know I I I made some wins, you know. I I made some good predictions, and I made some bad ones, cause I I was telling niggas to get um Ripple. I was telling people to get the XRP based off of what somebody told me. I believe it was the brother. Um, what's the brother? He was swearing by it, so I was like you know what i'm gonna tell my audience too crumb brother crumb it was like ripple ripple xrp so i started buying it it was under a penny i think i was buying hundreds of it hundreds of dollars worth i had to dump it two weeks ago okay right here you go the shit is in a free fall. They're delisting it. They have a lawsuit. Um, there's a lawsuit, right? They got a lawsuit where they're claiming it is a security, right? From the big boys. You know, the SEC. So when they on your back. It's almost like the feds being on the back of somebody, and people gonna back off, cause that you you hot at that point, you know you it's, it's game over in a sense. It's like when you're playing GTA, and you fuck up, and then the goddamn army start coming after you, nigga. Your days are over. Like count them, this. you know. It's that's wrong wrong time. So as a coin. I know people say that you should buy the dip, but um, I don't know about the XRP. I'm not gonna tell you to buy the dip. I don't, I, I'm not gonna promote that anymore. You know, there's a few new coins that I'll be promoting. We'll talk about that in 2021. There's one coin that I've been buying called a MANA, M-A-N-A. This shit is very intricate though. It's not just a simple, you know, this is this this whole cryptocurrency space is different. I promise you, but it's it's the it's the new frontier of something great. We could look towards cryptocurrency. Those of us to consider ourselves, you know, messed up in the game, all the way up to those who consider ourselves to be comfortable in the game. You sitting back, you doing great. Yes, credit is the ultimate money in this society, of course. But if you're sitting on fiat and your fiat is not doing anything for you, your fiat is not growing, you got fiat sitting in the bank. Whereas you could have put that same fiat that was in the bank and put it on a coin. And the coin is gonna is gonna do a roller coaster ride. So you gotta have a strong stomach. Because if you put all your money on a coin, that's that's not smart. You know what I mean? But if you put a considerable amount, money that you can, if you got any savings, or if you have some money that you can invest, well, god damn it. Look at the look look, look at what, what is it's growing. It's money that grows. The fiat don't grow like that. You you got your you got your money sitting in a bank. They've given you like $10 extra. For what? Whereas If you would have started out 2020 and put a hundred thousand, twenty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand on Ethereum, on goddamn Bitcoin, do you know what your money would be at right now? This shit would be booming. That's what they say. You gotta have your money work for you, right? You can't work for your money. Your money gotta work for you. Well, that right there, my friends is the biggest example of money working for you that I've ever seen. That's that's what it looked like when it's working for you, okay? This is the third largest collapse in history, right? A big plunge. I told niggas to sell. I, I mean, I did say that. I said, get out of there. Mexico is set to become the world's largest legal cannabis market. For people that are thinking about leaving America for a few days, taking a break because of this COVID and whatnot, the lockdown of the borders, you you, you out there in Tulum or you in uh, Cancun, Playa de Carmen, or whatever. Yeah, Mexico is about to become the world's largest cannabis market. All right. Shout out to the Obama runts out there, all of the brothers and sisters that are in the legal hemp business. All of the brothers and sisters that are in the legal marijuana business, man, oh man, okay. If you could utilize going into a legal state, right? Going into a legal state, you don't have to necessarily sell cannabis. There's so many other things that are around. It's an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem. If you can't get into actual selling of the, but there's so many things that you could be doing, so many, okay? You gotta look into that. But as we can see, especially with the federal government, you know, passing, you know, this is about the whole, it's about to be legalized through the whole 50 states in a minute. You know, Um, for medicinal purposes, you know, I am, an advocate for plant-based medicines. Marijuana would be last on the list because of the uh, the tinkering that has been done to it, the aspects of it being a GMO product at the end of the day. I'm not the biggest marijuana advocate. I haven't even smoked in months, you know, um, but I am an advocate for psilocybin. I am an advocate for the shrooms and whatnot. I do stand behind the shrooms, ayahuasca, changa, you know, things of that nature for healing and hallucinogenic medicinal purposes, psychedelics for medicinal and for healing purposes. I am a hundred percent or 98% behind that. You know what I mean? And don't get it twisted. I'm not telling nobody that's listening to this to go run out and dive in and get into that shit because It is something that you should do with somebody who is a professional, AKA a shaman. You know what I mean? Before you start getting comfortable doing anything on your own, like with anything else, you should have someone who is accredited, someone, not just one of these flunkies and whatnot, somebody who you can get references and people who can be like, yes, this brother is official. He doesn't abuse his or her power you know, they've been sanctioned by an elder council or something, you know, they, they've gone into the jungles and they've trained and they sat with the real people who really get it in, yeah, those people. So in Oregon, they're the first state to decriminalize drug possession, which expanded to their access to addiction services. We know that they did that because Oregon is basically all white. And they have a big opiate problem, mad dope fiends and whatnot. So they decriminalize crack, cocaine, heroin, all Schedule One, all of that shit is all a go. So as we saw with Colorado, and in other places, you know, when they were the first ones, what was it? No, what was it? Denver. Yeah, Denver. They were the first ones to do that with marijuana, and then years later. We see that that's spreading across America. It's gonna be the same thing for the decriminalization process of all drugs and whatnot. I think going into about maybe four years, maybe in this first administration, they're gonna propose that indefinitely other states like Vermont. A lot of those all white states where they have a huge drug problem. They're not gonna do it in no goddamn uh, ghetto USA. You know what I'm saying? Not yet. They make too much money off of, uh, uh, of our suffering. The chemical war that they launched against our people is still at play. So they're, they're not gonna let that up, you know what I mean? There's still a war on black people through the war on poverty, which is the war on drugs. It's a chemical war, quiet weapons for silent wars. And now the new war is gonna be through these vaccines and shit like that. Nano. You know, nano. But be very cautious about the government controlled marijuana. You know, be very cautious about that. Okay. States consider decriminalizing magic mushrooms. Okay. So we all know about COVID. We know that it's a pandemic. You know, um, we know that it has many different variants that it's mutating. Now, one of the things that we saw throughout this whole pandemic is that when Dr. Fauci sat down and talked to our people, he wasn't sitting down to be grilled by any one of our people who look like us, who are doctors, who are accredited. He sat down with athletes and comedians and motherfucking uh, uh, um, influencers, okay? What is he doing talking to Steph Curry? What is he doing talking to Tiffany Haddish? What the fuck is he doing talking to uh, Kim Kardashian? What is he doing talking to Al Sharpton? What do they know to ask this man uh, scientifically about uh, uh, life and death questions? What do they know? These are celebrities. Malcolm X warned you about that, okay? What celebrity should be the face of the COVID vaccine? They're looking for a celebrity to become the face. They're trying to get LeBron to be the, uh, the crash dummy and the guinea pig, but I think he's fighting back. But they need somebody that's gonna help push it as the face, okay? Now we know Mr. Xbox right here, Mr. Microsoft, you know, Billy Gates. We know that he is, uh, his hands are in this whole thing. You know, we know that his uh, vaccination program is in full swing with this COVID vaccine. There's like four companies that just put out some new technology and he's behind damn near all of them. Okay, this is not a regular vaccine that they pushing on the people. Okay, so we know that he had a drill, the same way that a lot of these global events like nine eleven they were preceded by drills. Okay, they were preceded by drills prior to the coronavirus outbreak. The John Hopkins Center for Security, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Hosted a high-level global pandemic exercise called Event 201 in October 2019, which specifically focused on the coronavirus pandemic. The invitation only exercise projected economic and social tool consequences along with mass casualties. A few months later, thousands would be dead and hundreds of thousands sick. Okay. No such thing as coincidence. These are the way to read the quote-unquote controlled media. Far left, far right, okay? Far left, CNN, Daily Calls, Democratic News, uh, The Jacobin, The Intercept, MSNBC, The New Yorker, The Nation, far right. Breitbart, CBN, The Daily Caller, Daily Wire, Fox News, right in the middle, Al Jazeera, Bloomberg, Routers, US Today, Wall Street Journal. This is how they play the people, okay? For any cup of your tea, they got, a, they got a cup for you. Whatever your cup of tea is, they got a cup for you right there. They're gonna feed your sentiments. They're gonna feed into your intellect. They're gonna feed into your Hegelian dialect. They have writers, reporters. They will feed all of your fears from all of these different quote unquote controlled media. Cause that's exactly what this is. So all of them are following a script. They are used to oppose each other. They are used to put out dissenting views and then the other people are used to break it down, oppose it, all of that shit is just theater, okay? Let's be clear. Bill Gates, the virus and a quest to vaccinate the world, right? Biden pledges new COVID-19 release package and to invoke the Defense Production Act. The minute that he gets sent, he's gonna make everything mandatory, okay? Spain is keeping a list of everyone who refuses a COVID-19 vaccine and will share with other EU countries. Top who scientist says vaccinated travelers should still quarantine, citing lack of evidence that COVID-19 vaccines prevent transmission. So even with the vaccine, you can still get that shit. A black woman was the first one to get the coronavirus. Of course, they are ritualizing our people by utilizing the quote unquote um you know niggas to be the face okay every way that you turn they're using black faces as the first ones to get the vaccination in connecticut keith grant senior director of infection prevention at hartford hospital prepares to receive one of connecticut's first COVID 19 vaccinations flanked by hartford Healthcare ceo jeffrey flax and Governor Ned Lamont, why the fuck don't they get the shot first? How, why are they not getting the shot first? Why is it this goddamn crash test dummy? It doesn't make any sense, y'all. The governor and the healthcare CEO do not have their arms stuck out there. What is that going to tell you? Okay. So, of course, they have polls out where they like, these niggas are not uh playing along. Okay, 27% said that they're definitely not getting it. 22% said they're probably not getting it. Well, Hispanics and whites are going along with the game because only 21 and 19 of them said that they're not getting it. But 37, a whole whopping, they're in line. Look, 37 and 37, only 17% of these niggas said that they're gonna get it. But 37% of the Hispanic, and 37 percent of the white. So, how are they gonna play? They're gonna play it that you niggas are putting the world at risk. All right, Dr. Kizzy. Okay, she was the first one, she's the key scientist behind it. So, y'all keep a toll on Dr. Kizzy when this shit starts mutating. Y'all, y'all keep a toll on where Dr. Kizzy is at, so we could go and talk to her. Apple wallet receipt could serve as the first proof of the individual vaccination status. They have an immunity passport. They're talking about an immunity passport, but the Apple wallet is gonna be the first one to show that you got proof of the vaccine, meaning that when you go to the stores to use your money, to check out at Walmart, to check out at Kroger's, to check out at wherever you go and shop, Whole Foods and whatnot. And you're going to have to show proof that your ass is vaccinated in order to do business with these corporations because these corporations don't follow the same jurisdiction as the states do. The Corporations, the same way that the corporations are telling their employees, it's a corporate mandate that you niggas got to take the shot or you're going to get fired. Okay. A new strain of it into California. Boom. So get ready for that. Thailand clears the use of the herbal medicine for COVID-19 treatment. Herbal COVID treatment is cleared. The vaccine registration opens. So if you do want to get vaccinated, if you do want to say that you are clean, if you do want to say that you want to get your passport stamped the same way that they're going to get their motherfucking teeth, niggas is going to get new teeth from Colombia, new titties and new butts from um, Dominican Republic, shit like that. We'll take your ass to Thailand and get you the herbal medicine, COVID-19 treatment. So you don't have to worry about anything. We should be taking a soul plane. Niggas should, we should rent out a plane to all of us and go and get the uh, herbal vaccinations, so we clear, so we could do business. Dr. Phil Valentine just did a lecture with brother Rich on YouTube. They took it down the next day, okay? He did a lecture. He had mad slides. He was breaking it down. He was showing you what's going on. He was going deeper than how I'm going. I'm, I'm glossing over this shit. Okay. He was going deeper. Going into 2021, I suggest that you get in touch. He has a lecture coming up. It's called Agenda 21 to 2030, the flu world order, right? 124, 2021. Um go and check that out. That's going to be a webinar on Zoom as well. You could go to his YouTube page, right? Dr. Phil Valentine. You're not going to find him on, I mean, not his YouTube, his Facebook. You're not going to find him on YouTube because they're banning him from YouTube. And this was a debate that I suggest that y'all go and check out. I put the audio on my YouTube channel. Um, Yeah. Go and check that out if you have opportunity to just put Risa Islam versus Lupe Fiasco, right, where Lupe Fiasco is pro-vaccine and Risa is anti-vaccine. They get into a lot of science, they get into a lot of information, all right, boom. So on the 4th of July, we saw um, a demonstration that we've never saw before. At least I did not, all right. In my lifetime, I did not see a demonstration of armed black men and women coming together collectively to basically demonstrate in Stone Mountain and in other places. You know, um, I saw it. I know. Let me let me stop. I saw the Huey P. Gun Club. I saw New Era Detroit. I seen a few of them roll out, but not in these numbers. Okay, so this was a very significant news story for the year of 2020: the rise of the Black militias. All right, as a counter to what we saw going on with the white militias, the Proud Boys and all of that. Now people are like, oh, these are agents, this is not real. I'm here to say this, that these brothers and sisters that are marching, that, that that are you know armed and whatnot, that are exercising their second amendment right, I'm not that quick to write them off. I don't know the brother Grandmaster Jay personally, and I'm not necessarily talking about him, but what he did is he brought together multiple gun clubs to form the coalition. Coalition means a collection. So these brothers and sisters that are demonstrating by arming themselves, I'm here to say that if not them, then who, right? We could utilize this demonstration in every single place where second amendment is allowed. Just use them if you if you don't wanna be a part of that. I'm not telling nobody to sign up to any organization. What I'm saying is the demonstration. What I'm saying is the seed has been planted. What I'm saying is they're showing you that it can be done. So if you if you have the right to bear arms, you should take that up with you and your circle, you and your clique, you and your network. It don't gotta be a hundred of y'all. It don't have to be a thousand of y'all. It don't have to be 10,000 of y'all. It could be 10 of you. Protect yourself, right? You're not gonna namaste this shit away. At the end of the day, if somebody's trying to run down on you and your family and whatnot, you're gonna have to learn how to protect yourself. Bottom line. (laughs) Bottom line, somebody's phone is um, unmuted. Okay. Not fucking around coalition. In fact, a black nationalist paramilitary militia movement organized in the US, Blase Bloom, now they came after the brother. Okay. The feds came and got him. Right. Militia leader facing federal charges for brandishing rifle at police. Founder of the All Black Armed Activist Group is facing federal charges after the FBI alleged he aimed a rifle at federally deputized task force officers during a September rally in Louisville, Kentucky. FBI agents. Arrested John Fitzgerald Johnson, the founder of the Not Fucking Around Coalition, who was also known as Grandmaster Jay, Thursday at his home. The 57-year-old appeared before a federal judge in Louisville later that afternoon, and a judge appointed the office of federal defender to represent him. Um, They got him on house arrest, from what I've been told. And it's a trumped-up charge. It's a bullshit charge, right? There goes the FBI report from Kentucky You know, that's the actual, um, you know, uh, their warrant and whatnot. You know, it's a bullshit charge, you know, much success to that brother. Um, These are some of the shows that I was divinely inspired by going through 2020. Uh, These shows have a lot of information and science in them. These shows are not just regular shows. I don't just watch regular TV like that. I'm not better than you, but you know, I, I, I use my time wisely. So when somebody recommends something for me to watch and I check it out and it, it, it winds out that, that, you know, that whatever I check out is something that I could get with because I'm a decoder and I'm looking for the subtleties, then I'm going to promote that. I'm going to let you know. So this series right here called Boys on Amazon huh, this is one of the best series that I watched this year. This series explores the quote unquote superhero realm and turns it upside down on its head. It turns it upside down on its head completely. Um, it takes the whole superhero comic book genre and it turns these people into anti-heroes. It flips it and there is a high, that towards the end of the second season, they get into the whole Nazi uh, program that Hitler was dealing with where he was building up Superman and whatnot the shit is very deep you know what I'm talking about it goes there it really does uh, Lovecraft Country of course which was on HBO it is an interpretation of a book uh, it is based off of H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu Monsters H.P. Lovecraft's writing H.P. Lovecraft's horror and this this series was heavily melanated uh, black cast and whatnot, uh, man, they was going in HBO, going all the way in, dealing with rituals, dealing with magic, dealing with monsters, dealing with a whole bunch of shit. Okay, this this is a series that I highly recommend. Um, I don't know if anybody decoded this over the throughout uh, um, all of the seasons and whatnot. I don't know if anybody touched on this but I'm sure that somebody definitely will, okay? And of course, The Watchmen, which came out in 2019, which I was talking about earlier, this was somewhat of a precursor to what we saw this year, you know, dealing with predictive programming because this movie, uh, this TV show and whatnot, it was going in on a lot of themes that popped up in 2020. All right, it opens up with Black Wall Street, okay? in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is Dr. Manhattan as a black man right there, the man that you see in blue, which is a black god. Okay, this is dealing with a white supremacist organization called the 7th Cavalry. Uh, You saw the rise in these white supremacists going into 2020, the rise in these quote unquote, proud boys, boogie boys, black men were being hung. The police was out here killing people and whatnot. They highlight this in this show. The aspects of them wearing masks and whatnot—the the whole thing was built around masks. The mask. Uh, this is this man with the noose around his neck is called Hooded Justice and whatnot. Pause. And he was dealing with the whole aspect of the you know the man behind the mask hiding behind a mask. The whole mask situation. The police right there, as you see, in the storyline, they had to wear masks to protect their identity. Then you have the movie that I just saw the other day. Um, from Disney Plus called Soul Bruh This shit is deep It's dealing with the fall It's dealing with the fall of man uh, uh the, the fall of our spirit and our soul Into this earthly plane And how, you know, this character right here called 22 Right, 22, you know, 22 So many 22 concepts and whatnot, but 22 was like, I don't want to fall. 22 did not want to go to earth. 22 did not want to become a human. 22 did not, 22 knew that this was bullshit, right? So this movie explores the astral realm. It explores reincarnation. It explores the spirit realm. It explores the Kabbalah. It explores the divine spark. The shit goes in. You know what I mean? So I highly recommend this as a, you know, and you can watch this with your children and then break down some things to them because the way that they did it, you know, they built it to whereas we, you know, the parents and the children will um, enjoy it. um, 2020 also saw the disclosure of the UFOs. You're going to see more of that in 2021. They're going to do a rollout. They're going to expose more things. They're going to, we're in the Aquarian age. So all of these things that were once hidden are gonna now be revealed. As you can see, the COVID-19 bill started a 180 day countdown for the US disclosure. So there's gonna be all of the hoopla built around that. Um, Don't expect them to pop out with a goddamn alien, but they're going to reveal, I guess, some things that people could go ahead and run with. They already launched the Space Force in 2020 with Donald Trump and whatnot, they kick that off. So if they have a whole space force as another arm of the military, they're gonna be taking this shit to higher levels. They're gonna be talking space. They're gonna be talking Mars with Elon Musk. They're gonna be talking out of realms. They may even have a blue beam alien invasion. Who the fuck knows what these people and what they're up to. They need to put you underneath fear. They need to put you underneath the wing. They've already put you underneath a global agenda with this fucking COVID and these masks and these vaccines. So we're already headed to a global agenda. They're already destroying borders and jurisdictions and things of that nature. They're making this shit really a one world type of thing. So for them to fake an alien invasion or alien discovery and say it's us against them, I mean, it's just part of the script. All right, entertainment-wise, these are some of the um, albums that I rock with that came out this year that I highly recommend for those who are a part of, who have the type of listening ear that I have. I'm not saying that I have the only listening ear, and I and my picks are the best picks because they're not. You know what I mean? This is my personal taste. I listen to a gang of shit. Let's be clear: low-level shit, bottom, bottom, you know, bottom feeder shit all the way up to fucking opera and, and, and the highest levels of jazz. I listen to the whole spectrum, but these are some of my picks. Of course, The Red Summer, which is my project, 14 tracks, legendary. Uh, the Deluxe Edition is also gonna be more legendary. Uh, Rock with the Sharecropper's Daughter. Cambada, uh, The Legend with LSD. This is one of the reasons why I did The Red Summer after living with this album for a few months. Manifest Destiny, which also is a monumental album that he did with Loaded Lux. That just came out on 1221, legendary. King's Disease, that was another album that inspired me to do my album. I was living with that album. I was divinely inspired by Nas and what he did with Hit Boy. J Electronica, this is act two. This is the album that leaked over the summer and whatnot. This shit is fire. You know, I was waiting damn near 10 years for it and then it leaked. Royster 5'9. The allegory, very good wordplay, very witty wordplay, very, um, you know, he got Derek Grace on the album, a snippet of him and his daughter, but the brother is going there. I like intelligent rap. And of course, West Side Gun, you know, I had to just throw some nigger shit in there. But if I, you know, if I were to pick out of that whole camp, I would say that that album did it the best for me. These are some of the rappers that lost their lives. Uh, Mo Three out of um, Houston. Out of Dallas, my bad. Gunshot wound, right? Uh, Pop Smoke, out of Brooklyn. Gunshot wound, killed in California. Malik B, born on my birthday, right? He died. They say, of, I don't know how he died, but he, he may transition. Rising power to him. King Von, Chicago. Uh, another one, gunshot wound. The reason why I highlight these three rappers who are street rappers or gangster rappers, even Malik B, is because of their messianic forces, right? They were messianic forces, not because they were singing fucking Christmas carols, not because they were backpack rappers, not because they were trying to do lectures. No, that's not what a messianic force is. Messianic force is, is a person who has a messianic, uh, you know, they have a movie coming out called Judas and the Messiah. They said the brother Fred Hampton was a messiah. He was messianic. He had the ability and the agility to bring people together with his voice, with his energy. He he had the, the streets, he had the trenches. He also had the working people. He was a messianic force. Based off of what I did in my research, these men right here, if they were to get, you know, their quote unquote, uh, if they were to have the right people with them, the, the right team with them, if they were to come across the information, if they were to change their direction, the same way the brothers from the streets, you know, even maybe listening to this this, this lecture right now might've been in their, their their shoes and whatnot. And then they stumbled across a sign a video or they stumbled across a book when they was in jail or they stumbled across something because shit finds you, you know what I mean? Or you find it. And it changes the trajectory. And I've been around messianic forces. So I know what that power is. And I know what that is. And I know as a people, we need more of that. Let more, Because these are losses right here. You can't replace the losses that, that they, you know, when you take certain people out, it's, it's a big loss in the game, in their neighborhood, in the genre that they represented. So, you know, rising power to those brothers. And one of the biggest losses that the game took is this legend right here? This uh, you know, this 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 brother, it's hard to explain the impact, you know, because it just happened. I just heard about it today. His wife put up a post. The greatest husband, father, teacher, student, business partner, lover, and friend I could ask for. Thank you for all the things you have shown, taught, and given to me, our children and our family. Thank you for teaching me how to forgive beings and give another chance. Not to be so quick to judge and write off. Thank you for showing how not to be afraid to love and be the best person I could ever be. My world would never be the same without you. Words would never express to you that what you and Malachi mean to me. I love both and adore you always. May the all continue to bless you, our family and the planet. All my love, Jasmine, right? The brother lost his son three years ago, right? MF Doom. He, he lost his, he lost his son as a father that's unimaginable you know that's the that's the deepest pain that anybody could feel So I, I'm not sure how he died they say he died on Halloween October 31st and his wife just put it out there today you know what I mean he transitions October 31st He's you know and and, 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 and that's the thing the legends are made of you know what I mean he was very mysterious. You know, um, he wasn't in the camera like that. He wasn't in a spotlight like that. And he was a workaholic. He did a lot of things for the culture, big time. So he would sorely be missed. He would be immortalized by the rappers who are multimillionaires, who have millions of fans, but they grew up innocently as young rap fans listening to this man. And then they took it and they took their music and they took their craft and now they are where they are. But they'll, they're they're gonna make sure that his legacy lives on. So I know that he's in good hands. You feel me? Another one that we lost, There was a big hit and I saw his movie on Netflix. He was, the last movie was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I suggest that y'all check that out. That's a good, that was a good flick with uh, Viola Davis and whatnot. My dude Chadwick dies of cancer, right? King's disease, you know what I'm talking about? Dies of cancer at age 43, you know, a super legend who made some movies, Jackie Robinson, T'Challa, Thurman, you know, all of these movies, he embodied the actor, he embodied the, the role, he embodied the the, per, the persona. So he's immortalized, he will live on forever, right? Just based off of the legacy that he left. So. We all got a date, right? We all have a date, but we ha- we have to leave legacies. Now these ones hit personally. Remember, we're dealing with 2020 reflection. We're dealing with the 2020 year. So in this year, there was a lot of ascensions or deaths for that matter. So that's why I'm going over some of the things that took place during this year. Now, Minister Hafiz, this all happened within a week. The shit numb my, it, it numb my heart, all of the people that we lost. Minister Abdul Hafiz, this is us at Dr. Ben's uh, wake. All right? Coincidentally, it's Dr. Ben's birthday today. You know what I mean, salute to the elder. You know, uh, very strong man, very powerful voice. You know, very humble, humble giant. You feel me, a humble giant. He succumbed to the COVID. Then we lost Dr. Africa, another very powerful, powerful teacher, powerful master teacher, Very funny man, right? He had his own sense of humor. He he was a dark, he had dark humor. Very humble though, right? Very wise, it's extremely intelligent, okay? Extremely intelligent, you know what I'm saying? He survived by his wife, Dr. Stevenson. I suggest that y'all go and buy his herbs and his books and whatnot, you know, and support the God, support his family and whatnot. Then we lost another master teacher This was like I said, all of these three master teachers made their ascension right around the same time. They ascended, they did not die. They tapped out and went somewhere better, okay? Baba Kalindi, the one who was helping us on our shroom journey, the one who I had to listen to him. We did this show with him years ago and I still was afraid to take the the mushrooms. I was still type on the fence and whatnot but he was helping me in my journey, he was, Giving me the strength, giving me the courage to be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do the heroic dose. I was supposed to go to Detroit for the psychedelic conference and lock in and then a man made transition. So this year, I made it my duty to get over my fears and to tap in. And that's one of the best things that I have done because it has propelled and brought me to places of healing that I needed to go. Real talk. It took, me, it took me to places that I needed to go. So I'm very grateful for that man and what he brought to the family and for those who are continuing his work, cause he has students, he has a lot of students out there. So for those of y'all that are continuing, the people who are continuing to represent for him, you know, and do his work, you know, I just say honors, you know I'm talking about and his legacy will not be forgotten. If I have anything to do with it, you know, my aim in the near future is to erect a museum. All right. That's going to pay homage to the master teachers. The same way that they got museums for everybody else. Shit, we could go and get us a 10 room house or five room house, something. And make a fucking shrine slash museum for the master teachers because we lost enough of them already. We have to begin to pay homage to them. Okay, we gotta start paying homage to them. We just can't be throwing any pictures up there and be like, I shake, I shake, They need a home, you know, they need a home. So with that being said, I will open up the floor to anybody that is in the, um, what you call it, for anybody that's out there in the audience that has questions. I have a question. Yes, sir.
2: Do you plan on expanding your lecture into a curriculum uh, to kind of, again, give us some sort of avenue to uh, navigate in the future? Because I ain't gonna lie, brother. I tapped into you in March and from then on my life has been on a roller coaster ride like you couldn't imagine. Right. So, I mean, again, given the information that you talk about with the Bitcoin, again, tapping it with 19 keys with the stocks and things of that nature, y'all brothers have the shifters have a multitude of information. And again, I want to know if you plan to offer that in some sort of fashion in a curriculum.
1: Well, Thank Thank you for asking that question, my brother. Um, I'm currently in the process of creating um, the curriculum that you're asking about through uh, our platform that is named NotaLedge University. Um, I'm in the process of doing that right now. We're creating courses, modules, and we're going to introduce the online curriculum based off of this lockdown that we have coming up. Uh, we're going to have an online university where it's not just going to be me per se. I'm going to bring a. I'm going to bring our network, brothers and sisters who have been teaching with us throughout the years, who have something to offer because I can't cover every single topic. Only because one. I wouldn't consider myself a master in all of the topics. I know, you know, I I have masters that this is what they do. And it's because of time constraints, it would take me a lot of years, you know, um, to even put everything together. So because of technology, the advance in technology and the fact that we could build out a membership uh, platform, that is what I'll be doing for the remainder of the winter. So look forward, look towards the ending of the first quarter, which is from January going into, what is it, January, February, March, we're going to be launching our online university. But in that interim, I'm going to be doing more of these, which are the Zoom webinars. So I have a website called streamchasers.com. Stream chasers will deal exclusively with the quote unquote um, income streams, people who wanna tap into multiple income streams, Forex, Bitcoin or crypto and whatnot. All of the different income streams, we are gonna be dealing with that with stream chasers. And then when it comes to KTL University, those would be specific uh, lectures like Fear of a Black and More Messiah, Fear of a Black Planet, um, you know, into deep, you know, whatever we decide, whatever, whatever titles we decide for 2021 and whatnot, we'll be doing that through that. So that's why I encourage the family to, you know, always um, give information like emails, you know, so we can stay in touch. Because as you can see with YouTube, they're, they're, they're de they're deplatforming people. Instagram, I'm on a fucking shoestring, like I'm, I'm one video away from them taking the page and whatnot, because they already sent me all kind of threatening stuff They you know, they're censoring a lot of us. So we want to be able to stay in touch with you through mediums like this. And, and if Zoom starts acting crazy, we got to go somewhere else. So, yeah, I, I, I got you, my brother. I definitely have you, man. And for the specific topics where people are interested, just email or just inbox me, and tell me specifically certain things that it is that you want. And I will let you know right then and there if that's available or when it is available.
2: Uh, Thank you for your answer. Uh, And I I appreciate that. And again, I appreciate you um, respectfully. I'm tapped into Stream Chasers. Like I said, it's been a rabbit hole. Um, Like I said, it led me into 19 keys and again you know what I'm saying like you said uh brother Ben X and the shifters and now with bWo right. you know what I'm saying so like right, again, right. and I love, I love what you're doing you know what I mean like I said the information that you're providing has right. again opened my eyes to again like what is taking place and the thing the thing is again eating healthy all of that again like it's a whole dynamic and again people right. don't understand the whole trifecta of it all and so again i, I like I want to testify not only not just to say that I'm a paid person or anything like that. But again, like truly like this work, putting in all the the necessary uh, uh, groundwork to, you know what I'm saying, get ready for the new year. So now I'm ready to hit the, you know what I'm saying, the pavement running. So I I appreciate you and I thank you. And I want you to continue doing the work. You know what I mean?
1: Salute, Ryan. I appreciate you too, King, man. I promise you, the brothers and sisters are in such a healthy position (laughs) because you know the teaching is healthier than what it was a few years ago these days. And I'm not saying that to say anything against anybody else, but it was like I was saying earlier in the lecture, if we were talk, talking exclusively about crypto from 2012, you know, if we stayed on that, if we stayed on certain things, stocks, if we were like, yo, Facebook stock is finished, Tesla stock is gonna boom. You know, in 2010, put your money in need. Like, if we really reiterated that, imagine where we would all be collectively going into 21 and 20, you know what I mean? Like, so when I when I see something that works, then I have to stay on that. But like you said, you have BWO, you got, you know, you got, you got what we doing with the stream chases. You got what Derek Grace is doing with his stuff. It's a lot of stuff going on. So, we just all have to stay focused, stay on it. Oh, yeah, somebody mentioned Buster Rhymes. I'm sorry, I didn't mention Buster Rhymes' album. My bad. That is definitely one of the top albums that I heard this year, too. I didn't have that in the slide, but he goes up there with the one. Now, um, Brother Ray, I- can
3: I say something?
1: Yes, yes, just- peace, can you-
3: Peace King. I just want to say health, abundance, wealth, and knowledge is self. That's right here is a uh, the Mahawk's logo, and I That's created quiet. that as a result of a conversation I heard with you and AA Rashid, the Kabbalah right. God. Now on the other side, look at look, I got I got it. I got all <laughs> his books, and I follow that brother, and right, I right. got this. I got this um. <laughs> This health, abundance, wealth, knowledge itself, that's Hawks. And I would love to gift you a hoodie. It's got copper infused ink on it. And I would Ooh. like to know how I could be down with you to support you guys and what you do. Just to let you know, I have a community radio show that I started um, called Hawks a few weeks ago, and it's out of yeah. Sebastopol and samples of your conversations. And I, I played um, um, the Scorpion Kings, I played some Kambada, and you know, I have Fact. a few local listeners, but it's online, but basically, I'm doing what I can to get your information out there. My, my son and my daughter listen, they're in Hawaii right now, and he was listening earlier oh. to you break down the respect on MF Doom. So, you know, what? how can I get you a hoodie like this, man?
1: Oh man, just tap in. I will um is are we following each other on social media? Uh
3: I believe was well, I took a little break from social media. I do have okay. Hawks apparel, but I took a little break after that, that rant you did a couple of days ago about what they're doing with social media. I right. just kind of like took a break, but but I'm feel oh, like I'm gonna get back on it and get me like a dummy phone and just have that as my Instagram.
1: Right. So if we if you could reach out to me through email. I'm okay. gonna put my email in the chat right now. Okay. Just hit me up and I'll give you the address and we uh, could talk that further you. about the hawks. I can help, you know, get that in front of the right people. And also we could talk about because, like you said, you 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 take in the music and stuff, but we have to remember we're all we're all in the building stages. It's gonna start out with a few people, but we have to be, you know, we gotta build together. So by next year, this time, you like, yo, my shit is exponentially grown. You know what I mean? Because we could bring people in that could have tools that can help with the expansion of your digital audience. I want to answer this question, anonymous question. What advice do you have for those of us who are healing from toxic, abusive, dysfunctional relationships in 2021? Um, retreats, you know, I, I would I would encourage you to get on some retreats where people are going ahead and dealing with healing, plant-based medicines, healing through sound, sound sound bowl healing, reiki healing, you know, energy work, but you also have to get into shadow work. That's what this whole period right now is about. That's what the winter is about. Shadow work, looking within. You feel me? Looking within, going within. Dealing with your shadow, learning that you may, you know, certain things that we that we're in, we're bringing certain things to us. We're attracting some things, you know, what I'm saying being able to be still being able to be with yourself, being able to look within and being able not to attract that anymore. There might be something that you may have to deal with some type of trauma. I don't know exactly what it I don't want to be a a therapist right now and, and be throwing things out there. But what I'm saying is if you go, if you if you get into some of these retreats, if you get, cause that's what we're gonna be dealing with in 2021, we're gonna be dealing with some more retreats, ayahuasca, some more of the shrooms, some more of the plant-based healing modalities, going into places like in nature, cause all of us need healing. You're not the only one. We all, <laughs> shit, just being a, a melanated man is an abusive relationship these days and times. So a lot of us are trying to get out of our own way so we can grow and we could develop. Any more questions? And this recording, I'm gonna make it available to everybody that was participating tonight. You don't have anything to worry about. According to the Zoom, it's being recorded So when it's finished and it's downloaded and everything, I'll send it out as an email blast and and you'll be able to have it for your um, viewership and whatnot. I have a quick comment. Yes. That's all right. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing too,
0: because
1: um, you may have touched on it earlier and I missed it, but joe biden you know admitted that the european is going to be the minority in 2040. you You know right yeah he said that aggressively (laughs) yeah he he was real aggie man aggie and i just don't want to cut you i want to say that her teachings are forever going to resurface her work is timeless the isis papers is timeless what she spoke of was there was such a pushback against it because it was so poignant at that time. They try to bury her. But what she spoke of, it, it hit a sore point on them because it's about them and their genetics, it's about their numbers, it's about their fear of a black planet. It's about their it's about them continuing to divide us and funding our devise and funding our demise because they know that their days are very much numbered, number-wise, you feel me? Influence-wise, number-wise amongst many others, they know that the influence is waning by the hour. So I do want to acknowledge the master teacher. That's why I said that the campaign is have to has to be ramped up. I'm gonna have to reach out to all of these organizations that are out here in the community, that are tapped into the community to say, yo, what is it gonna take for us to build up a museum? We could buy land, right? And it, the same way that they built Vegas up, the same way that they built many places up. We could buy land and make the museum the center part of the land and then build around that. Have people drive out to the museum to visit it, bring the children, you know, come and pay homage. It'd be like a shrine and a museum at the same time, but with all of the master teachers, their teachings, their books, their lectures, a lot of the things that they contributed should be housed in a place that we call a sacred temple. Right, and 2020 just kind of proved everything that everybody was saying all along. That's right, that's right, so their social value has now skyrocketed, even amongst what we know as our 85ers, the, our people who are, who are quickly waking up. I promise you, there's a large contingency of our people who are getting past the woke stage and they're learning about uh, the Dr. Sabies, the Dr. Francis, the Dr. Benz. They're learning about a lot of them and they're becoming very, uh, what is the word? Um, they're adamant about learning. They're like, yo, I wanna learn more. So the time, it's all about timing. And I was, I'm just letting y'all know that we are in the right time. The timing is ripe. So as a network, let's stay together. Let's build together. Let's work together. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and let's just take this thing where it needs to go. I'm gonna take about one more question. If there is one, okay.
2: If I may, yeah. Uh, do you think possibly that they're pushing this whole vaccine thing because of the fact that they are keep on building all these apartments and they're gentrifying all these places? Like, what what are they creating this housing for? Is it because again, like the U.S. has been already been bought and sold? That you know what I'm saying? That they, you know what I mean, have a, another plan that
1: they're to, like again that they're pushing this thing? I mean, I think it's bigger than that. You know, um, real, the real estate market is about to crash because of this whole COVID thing. You know, it's really they keep printing this money out of nowhere, so we got to look at the inflation. We got to look at the real estate bubble. You know, New York has been abandoned. The the quote unquote rich folks left. They ran. You know, so that market can't stand up for too long because you can't you can't necessarily sell. An apartment for three thousand dollars in Bed style anymore. The way that they was doing it last year, this time, you know what I mean. So, I don't really know if the I can't say that the 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 COVID thing is tied into that. Can I, you know, can I ask you a I can't question? Really say that. Yeah.
3: Do you feel like they're ab- abandoning life here on Earth? Because they got shit going on on Mars and the Moon and all this other stuff like that, you know, like Billy Carson talks about it, and they, you know, they talk about all these bases and stuff. So they're trying to leave this place shitty for us, the melanated masses, and then they bounce.
1: Nah, I won't say that. I would not say that. You know, I mean, they destroying the planet. That's just that's their nature. You know what I mean? You know. But I, I won't say because they trying to go to Mars and they just want to leave it behind. They just destroying shit because that's what they do. You know, because if they go to Mars, they're going to destroy that too. It's our planet, we got to run it again. That's right. You know, their time is up. It's a, it's a timing situation, the loss of power, you know. But my clock t- tells me that we are in the Gregorians uh, New Year's so I definitely want to say happy Gregorian New Year's to all of y'all, you know, we made it through this uh, this, this this monumental calendar year, you know, to be honest with you, it was one of the greatest years that I've ever witnessed, you know, both the, the good and the bad, you know what I mean? It was a well-balanced year, it, as it was predicted to be by the master teachers and by those who, you know, came before us, they they told us what it was gonna be. And it was exactly that. And like I said, it ended with a storybook ending with, with MF Doom, you know what I mean? Being the one who tapped out. Doom, you know what I mean? Out of all people. So yeah, I'm gonna let y'all, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap out, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get to the family but um, I definitely want to say thank you for everybody who pulled up tonight. You know, um, I appreciate y'all, and you know, I'm I'm hoping and willing that tonight's presentation was a, uh, you know, was fulfilling for y'all. You dig? All right. <laughs> yeah, you hear them shots. Peace and love to the family though. All right. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna send out the email and we'll let everybody know. Uh we'll send everybody copy of tonight's lecture. Everybody stay safe. Love y'all. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.
0: peace. peace. Thank you.